0: So today's episode 135 of the Jimmy's Table.com podcast, and today I'm going to talk about fiber optic preachers. That's a term I've coined, so uh, let me go ahead and trademark that now and forever so I can make a million bazillion dollars off of it one day. But uh, today's episode 135 in which I'm going to talk about fiber optic preachers. That is this rise that we've seen not only of multi-campus churches throughout the country with a lot of mega-churches having multiple sites and multiple locations, not only within the same city, um, but even throughout the nation, and some are even across international borders. Um, One of these churches is um, headed by Bishop T.D. Jakes, famous Pentecostal TV preacher, um, who's based out of Texas, and he has a satellite campus in Denver. Um, And according to this article written by Christianity Today and the Denver Post, Um, which I have links to it at the show notes at jimmystable.com for episode um, 135. But uh, it reads like this. Online church and virtual campuses have become a mainstay during the pandemic, and one Denver area megachurch is making virtual services its only option. Permanently, for good. Last week, the Denver Post reported that the Potter's House, Denver, will sell its property in... Arapahoe County, and continue to worship exclusively online. The church, led by the daughter and son-in-law of T.D. Jakes, is one of the first and foremost prominent megachurches to move one of its locations online permanently without operating an in-person campus in the area. Quote, COVID-19 forced every church in America to rethink how to best serve the parishioners and the broader community, Pastor Tori Roberts told The Post. Due to the inability to gather and the economic instability of the pandemic, our church, like many other churches in the nation, experienced decline in donations. As a result, the Potter's House Denver location has decided to abandon its 32-acre property, its 137,000-square-foot building, first built in 1989 and has been the church's home since 2011. Another pastor at the Denver campus said the church has averaged 10,000 worshipers and live attendance and 300,000 weekly YouTube viewers. Roberts cited the building's condition and need for repairs, saying, we decided that the best way forward would be to sell the property, continue our online offering that had proven a successful alternative, and to maintain our hands-on community outreach operations. End of quote. I kind of find this story interesting on a number of levels, and, and today I'm not going to propose too much. It's going to be a short podcast, but I'm not going to propose too much in the way of solutions, but to simply offer some some questions and, and maybe a couple comments about the way we do church, but just to kind of get us thinking. Because I think events like this, which, you know, this is perhaps the first of its kind, But it's not the only type of its kind. It's something that we've seen not only now in a mega church, multi-site campus uh, church like the Potter's House with uh, their location in Denver, but we've seen things like this kind of happen with some smaller churches to some extent. Um, And a phenomenon like this is, I don't think, as rare as we might think in our American culture. That is, the shuttering of a church uh, the closing of its doors, um, and uh, the look for kind of an alternative type of community um, for which the church becomes known by. Uh, in this instance, at this Denver campus for the Potter's House, they're choosing to permanently shut the doors of their massive, sprawling campus that continued to have 10,000 weekly worshipers. But 10,000 weekly worshipers was not enough to keep the show going on which is outstanding to think about it's it's almost unreal to think about that 10,000 worshipers is not enough to keep the doors of one church open and that they're just going to go ahead and sweep it all away close the campus close any sort of centralized gathering and just switch to online viewing kind of makes me think of what that kind of says about how they perceive what the church is. And it's got me thinking, well, what do we perceive the church as? Because, you know, say what you want about mega churches and, and all that sort of stuff. There could be all sorts of commentary about it. Um, and there certainly has. And I, this podcast isn't here to, you know, sit here and bash the idea of a, of a mega church. I personally go to, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, mini mega church, and it has two campuses. Um, in the the Charlotte area, um, but it's got me thinking: what what do we perceive the church as? What is it? What is it fundamentally? It looks like, based off the model that T.D. Jakes has built, and many other churches similar to his, such as Elevation and uh, numerous other type of churches. And I'm not sitting here to pick on Elevation, but they're a local Charlotte church with uh, pretty big international reach. They even have a campus in Toronto, last I checked. Um, but what is the church becoming, not only in these big churches, but even in the smaller churches? I have this feeling that, in many ways, the the church has become centered around the, the charismatic leadership of a single man with a band on a platform. And that becomes the essence of what the church is. The the church exists, the building exists, the communities exist, all the online things exist, ultimately to build a platform for the voice of one individual and the show he's able to put on for all his friends that gather together to watch him and give him money every week. And I can't help but thinking, but, you know... There's something kind of awry with that because when you study the pages of the New Testament, yeah, there's a lot of preaching in the New Testament. You know, you see the church gathered together at massive outdoor assemblies like in the temple and other places like that. But it never seems to be built around one individual except for the individual of Jesus Christ. And and I can't help but feel that we're operating with an ecclesiology, if I might throw away, you know, throw out some $85 Bible school term, an ecclesiology that instead of having a church centered around Christ and the life of Christ through the congregation, it ultimately centers around, especially in our evangelical Protestant churches, um, Pentecostal churches, um, mega churches, and small churches, it ultimately centers around the preaching of one man. A one-man show, and some churches, don't get me wrong, do it very well. There may be a you know prominent preacher that shares the platform with many other preachers in uh, that church. Um, but it all still centers around a platform. And because it also centers around a platform, we're able to say, well, heck, why do we even need a preacher to show up here in the first place? We can just beam them in from Texas all the way out to Denver by the miracle of fiber optic internet connections that allow for live streaming services uh, to take place so that you can show up in a building and watch a guy on a giant screen preach the scriptures. And that could be a good thing or that could be a bad thing, but I have to help, I can't help but wonder, is, is, is that the right thing we should be doing? Is that the model that we would see demonstrated in Scripture? Was that the focus of the New Testament to be built around the preaching of Peter or Paul or you know any of these other type of individuals that we see prominent? I, I'm pretty sure if you, if you study books like Corinthians, there's like this kind of idea that maybe hero worship building. Your your favorite preacher up and, and making him the end all be all of what the church is was was kind of a bad thing. It wasn't a healthy thing, and something that was considered as a viable expression of New Testament Christianity. But I can't help wonder: Have we become that? Have we become the the Paul or Silas or Barnabas or or uh, whoever? becoming our favorite rock star preacher and that we just show up not to be faithful to God and the expression of New Testament Christianity and the life that is in Christ and how we can better grow as Christians but we ultimately show up to be entertained by our favorite preacher with a great sermon with a great word that just really pumps us up and gets us going and and you know puts on a great musical performance and show that just you know is to our liking And because that's the case, a church like the Potter's House in Denver said, well, you know, this overhead stuff of running this 137,000 square foot auditorium with 10,000 weekly worshipers, it's, you know, it's kind of cutting into our bottom line. So instead of everybody gathering together to worship together as a community, um, we're just going to go ahead and just ban our Denver campus and just... Allow people to watch online at home. And don't get me wrong, I don't have any problem with online sermons and messages and that sort of thing. I think during COVID, a lot of churches have been good stewards of technology and looking for alternative uh, means to get out the message to the congregation. Um, And certainly this podcast, I'm I'm not unaware that, you know, you and I are complete strangers for the most part, for many of you who've had little to no interaction with me over the years, except for maybe uh, on Facebook or Twitter or something to that extent, except for those of you who actually listen out of the Charlotte area who are local and, you know, would be counted as my friends. Um, Like, so I, I have nothing against the use of technology, but I can't help but wonder, are we substituting our ability to build authentic New Testament Christianity in which a community of believers gather together to fellowship with one another and to enjoy life in Christ together? Are we substituting that which is God's design for something that's maybe just a little bit off? That, we, that at the end of the day, we're just looking to have our consumeristic needs met? So that we can sit there and say, "Well, I got my word, and I got my song, and I got my concert, and I got my show, and I feel better about myself." So, you know, once once the once the clock runs out on the service, deuces. See you guys later. Goodbye. You know, I can't. I just that bothers me because I don't think our Christianity should be built around such things. I, I think we need to move away. From the idea that Christianity is supposed to be centered around the performance of preachers on platforms performing miracles for our eyes as we sit there and watch about what a great person they are and what a great message they have to see don't get me wrong, I love good preaching as much as the next person. And I think there is definitely a place to platform individuals with spiritual gifts that have the ability to edify the saints and to preach Christ and to build up the the faithful um, and to to reach the lost for, for Christ. But when I study the pages of the New Testament, I don't get the idea that New Testament Christianity was built around large massive assemblies where we showed up to watch... Preachers perform miracles and preach pretty sermons so that we could feel good about ourselves. But rather, they gathered around a table. The preachers that they had were not somebody beaming in from space 2,000 miles away (laughs) through fiber optic networks. And don't get me wrong, individuals like the Apostle Paul ministered to churches at faraway locations through written letters. And and I guess one could make an argument that perhaps um, the the beamed-in satellite message is the equivalent of the Apostle Paul uh, writing letters from jail. And that's fine. But I don't think Paul was trying to act like something he was not when he was doing that. He wasn't pretending to be a celebrity preacher. He wasn't pretending to be the center of that church's life. And in fact, when he wrote those letters to those churches that he ministered to, he often wrote them in very personal manners to individuals that he knew at those churches because he knew his letters were going to be written. But he often closed out those letters that he wrote with salutations and and greetings to individuals that he had ministered with at that church whose lives had been touched by him, who he felt the need to put a personal... Word of exhortation. He he preached not as some celebrity from afar, but he preached as a, a fellow brother and sojourner making his journey through this world in Christ, just simply looking to build up the saints. And if he had the option to be present with them, but because he was forbidden from doing so because he was like locked up in prison or perhaps briefly attending to the affairs of another church. He longed to be there present with them. And if you read the, the New Testament and, and study the, the writings of the Apostle Paul, you'll often see, and there's about a dozen or so times, if you, if you study closely, that the Apostle Paul reminds people, not what a great preacher he is, but what manner of man he happened to be among them. He's like, you know what manner of man I was among you. I modeled to you Christ Christ and the way that I lived, and I showed you how to live, and these two hands ministered to my needs, and you know that I didn't steal anyone's silver or gold, and that I wasn't doing this great thing around myself. And I I think we've lost a sense of that. We, We gladly go to churches in which we never interact with the pastor who leads them. We never even make eye contact with the guy. The guy doesn't even know our name. And we've never even so much had a a, a passing word with him, maybe a brief greeting on our way out the door, but certainly never conversation. conversation. I can't help but feel that when I read the pages of the New Testament that you see that Jesus modeled a a model of ministry that, yes, sometimes included preaching to the crowds, but most of his ministry was done over the table, breaking of bread sharing his life with others, who then in turn did the same. And you see that in, in throughout the book of Acts, how the church broke bread from house to house as they dedicated themselves to the teachings of the apostles. And I can't help but feel that a church such as the Potter's House in Denver, who's just decided we're going to go with an online format and everybody can feel free to watch the live streaming service anytime they feel they want to. And they may be doing other things. I don't doubt that they, they probably are. But I can't help but feel that for many, it's just going to be enough to get the sermon and the song. And that's all they feel they need. When in truth, Christianity is a gathered religion. It's a community It's a community of Christ followers, as we like to say at my church. And I can't help but feel that if we're making the primary focus of our Christianity that which happens on a platform, then we're setting ourselves up for something that's ultimately a counterfeit and something that's just another good to be consumed. And when we decide we no longer need it, a good to be discarded. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the word of Christ and the faith once and for all handed down to the saints just to be treated as a commodity that can be consumed and disposed of at whim. I want to live and breathe my faith. And I want to do it while sharing the faith in a community gathered around Christ, and not that of just some charismatic darling who shows up on a jumbo monitor and asks for some money. There's something to more than Christianity than fiber-optic preachers. Everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy'sTable.com, episode 135, Fiber-Optic Preachers. I hope you've enjoyed this message. I hope I've given you something to think about. If you've enjoyed it and have some questions or would like to shoot me a line, you can email me, jimmy at Jimmy's You can also go to jimmystable.com and find... Uh, a contact form, or you can find my Twitter and Facebook handles. So if you wanted to reach out to me through Twitter or Facebook, you could do so as well. And if you haven't had the opportunity yet to, to subscribe to the Jimmy's table.com podcast, you can go to jimmiestable.com slash subscribe and find out your favorite way of subscribing, whether that's through um, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google, um Amazon recently started carrying the show. I don't have a link to Amazon yet, but you can look it up on Amazon Music. Um, so there's all sorts of different ways. And if you don't even like those ways, you can also just sign up for email newsletter notifications in which you should get a weekly news notification letting you know when the latest podcast has dropped. So, yeah. And oh, yeah, by the way, there's some sites out there like at, with Apple and, and Spotify in which you can leave your honest, glowing, five-star review about how you just love this podcast and just like, ooh, I just want other people to have it too. <laughs> so if you could, leave your unbiased, uh, honest, raw, five-star review over at uh, the, the place you love to leave reviews at the most, um, and that will maybe help other individuals uh, get a taste of the Jimmy'sTable.com podcast so that they can enjoy the things that you enjoy with his podcast. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, Jimmy's table.com where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless and have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on man. You said it all.